0: Hello and welcome to Broadway Is My Beat from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Arthur Godfrey, who usually comes around with his talent scouts at this time on Monday, has just about finished his summer holiday. Godfrey will be back with us one week from tonight on August 28th.
2: It's the place you drift to because the other promises you made to yourself never happened. You leave your life behind and stand on a street corner beating down the scream in your throat. It's the best of the thousand and one nights you dreamed of. The one place in the world where something happens to you outside of the movies. It always happens. Something starts it. The tap on the shoulder. The laughter that floats down to your end of the bar. The smile. The special delivery. The phone call. Your phone's ringing, Danny. Uh, thanks, know Danny Clover speaking.
3: You gotta help. You gotta come here. You gotta come to my home. Who is this? Mrs. Corey. Please, please, my husband.
2: What is it, Miss Corey? A
3: suicide pact. He's trying to make me... He's trying to
2: force Detective me to kill Christ myself. Christ yeah, I want to
4: die. He's gonna make me... Die. <gasps> Hello?
2: Hello? 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 Who is this? What happened?
5: Mr. Corey. I've just killed my wife. Now it's the time for my
2: dying. Listen, don't be a fool. Hello? Hello? Wait a minute, Danny.
0: What would you say, operator? Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Party hung up too soon. Couldn't trace it, Danny.
2: It began that way, with a desperate protest against private agonies. The protest that can't face the loneliness of death and must kill the loved ones so that the path into darkness will not be walked alone. The man, Corey, murdered his wife and then himself. and the glittering, blood-spangled shriek for attention, final identity set into motion only an old, a familiar routine. The official collecting of the dead. But first we had to find them. Detective Muggerman brought in the phone book. We sat over it, turned to the seas, found there were 25 Corys. We divided them, went our way. The treasure hunt for the dead. The first Corey was very much alive. She told me so
3: nobody dead here, mister. Everybody much, much alive. Come on in and I'll prove it to you. You
2: live here alone? Uh-huh. I'll take a look.
3: Love it. Come on in. See? Alone.
4: Just you and me.
3: Touch me. I ain't dead.
2: Yeah, sure. My name's Corey. Why do you have to know? Man named Corey killed his wife. Said he was going to kill himself.
6: Killed his wife,
2: huh? Guts? That takes guts. Where's your wife, Mr. Corey She's in the kitchen
6: washing on my work pants so I can go out and look for work. Come on, I'll show it to
4: you.
6: Look, mister,
5: even if you're a policeman, it doesn't give you a right to ask me a thing like that. I love my wife. We never say a harsh Where word. Where is she? She's asleep. This late? She sleeps this late every morning. I was just preparing her breakfast. Call her. Look, mister, you don't know what you're asking. Call her. Fanny. Fanny, Uh, wake up for a minute. It's a policeman. He wants to know, did we have a suicide pact? Fanny.
3: Fanny. Uh, Suicide pact? Tell him no. No. But thank him for the suggestion. you
6: finish your list, Danny?
2: Yeah, gonna Find him? No. You?
6: No. Maybe it was a joke, huh, Danny? A practical joke? I don't think so. Did you finish your list? No, I, uh, I got two more to go. I'll take them. The reason I didn't finish, Danny, I, uh, I had to come back to headquarters to... I just got tired. Forget it. Give them to me. Yeah. uh, Here, Danny. Two more.
2: Maybe Muggavin was right. Maybe it had been a joke. Someone's grisly idea of a joke to play on the gullible police. There are people like that. There are people who make a pact to die. The first quarry on Mugovan's remaining list of two was an invalid, a bedridden woman tended by her middle-aged bachelor son, he asked me to stay and chat with them. It was such an interesting thing to have happen to them. At the last place, the manager of a plush apartment house just off the park told me, indeed, yes, indeed, he had a Mr. and Mrs. Corey. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, they've been with us, uh, let me see, uh, five years, I should say. What apartment are they in?
0: Uh, 3A. You understand, of course, that solicitors and peddlers are not allowed on the premises? No.
2: I'm from the police. See? Police.
4: Hmm. Police.
0: Police.
2: What is your interest in Mr and Mrs Corey? You're perfectly right. Which way is 3A?
0: Down this center hall. But we'll announce ourselves first, shall we? Hmm. No answer. Well, they're either not at home or they've overslept. With Mr and Mrs Corey, I should say they're not at home. Let's go find out and bring the key. Oh, but that's bring the key. Oh, very well. Here it is. After me, please. Mr. Corey? Mr. Corey, I'm sorry, but there's someone from the police. Mr. Corey? Mrs. Corey? Open it.
2: But I. Open it.
0: See? There's no one at home. They've gone out. Where's the bedroom? Through here, but I don't believe you have the right to intrude like this. As you can see, everything is in apple pie order. What are you looking for? Why do you pry so? They're dead, that's why. Oh. Oh. Well, in that case, you might be interested in something In what? A woman called me just a while ago. Said she'd been trying to reach Mr. and Mrs. Corey all morning. On their private phone. There was no answer, so she left the message with me. What message? Uh, her name, her phone number. They interest you?
2: Get them for me. Now, get them. This time it was easier. The message was from one Zella Stanley with a phone number to match. As easy as investing a nickel in the nearest phone booth and telling Zella Stanley you were the police. Asking her if she had been calling the Coreys and would she be home, and I wanted to talk with her. Miss Stanley was in turn noncommittal, puzzled, cooperative. Please come up, Mr. Clover. The address is 1520 West 46th, Apartment 2A. Mr. Clover? Yes.
3: Please come in. Will you sit down? Let me get these things out of here. I, I was so tired when I came home last night, I undressed walking into the bedroom. Now... Won't you sit down?
2: Thank you. About Mr. and Ms. Corey.
3: Now, don't put me on the defensive, Mr. Clover. I want to help you with whatever it is, so just let me tell you.
2: Good. Go ahead.
3: I've been calling Alice all morning.
2: That's Alice Corey.
3: That's right. There's been no answer at her apartment.
2: Is that something unusual?
3: Not in itself. I've called people before, and I suppose you have. Called them, and no one answers.
2: Was it important that you get in touch with Mrs. Corey?
3: Not in itself. I I just wanted to talk to her.
2: I see. Just a kind of... Good morning, Alice. How are you? Is that it?
3: Something like that. Just let me tell you, will that be all right, Mr. Clover? Yeah,
2: it'll be just fine.
3: <laughs> well, I was at the Corey's last night for bridge. There was something in that house that had never been there before. What? Please. Oh, sorry. Something was wrong. No laughter between the two. Silence, mostly. And now and then, a, a bitter word. I've known them for years. The Corey's have been the cliché of matrimonial bliss. Uh, it embarrassed me. I, I I left early.
2: May I? Of course. You said you were playing bridge. You, Mr. Corey, Mrs. Corey. Who else?
3: And Tom's partner.
2: Tom Corey's partner. His business partner. Henry. Henry who, Miss Stanley?
3: Henry Fairchild. Fairchild of Corey and Fairchild, you know.
2: No, I don't, Miss Stanley.
3: A factory. They make small things, uh, electrical parts or something. I don't know.
2: Uh, tell me a bit more about last night.
3: Well, just that Tom was depressed. Alice looked well, frightened. i never seen Alice look frightened, but I think that's what it was. Henry did everything he could to brighten things up. It didn't work. You go ask him. Ask Henry. Henry Fairchild of Corian Fairchild. Ask him.
5: My secretary tells me you're from the police. I can't tell you how delighted I am to see you, delighted.
2: Thank you, Mr. Fairchild.
5: Come over here, Mr. Clover, quick, come over. I want you to see something. I'll draw these drapes back so you can see something. Look down there, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's quite a little factory you have there.
5: It's more than that, Mr. Clover, it's ten years of our lives, ten years of blood, sweat, tears, no other way to say it, ten years of that, and he walks on it, squashes it, like it was a a cockroach we'd built. Oh, they're ruined, destroyed, milked dry. All that work sucked dry because he was greedy, hungry for more money. $50,000, like that. Like he was taking it out of a piggy bank. Arrest him, Mr. Clover. Go arrest him. Who? My partner, Tom Corey. Arrest him for grand larceny. Arrest him for dipping his fingers into our till. Arrest him for being an ungrateful greedy. Tom Corey did that. Yeah, Here are the books. Look for yourself. But you wouldn't know about a thing like that. Your experts will, though. They'll see how month after month he stole 5,000 here, 3, here, 10, here, 2,
2: here. Uh
5: huh When did you see Corey last? Last night. (laughs) We were playing bridge. He was moody. Blue to his wife, to Alice. I tried to cheer him up because I thought it was dyspepsia or something. This morning, I find it it was this. When you arrest him, Mr. Clover, tell him I'll make it a point to visit him in jail you will give me kicks to see him there every chance I get.
2: Corey killed his wife this morning, then himself. Huh? He didn't have to do that. If he could have come to me. I would have...
5: I'd have helped him, honest. We can't find them. They're not at the apartment. How about their place on Fire Island? Where? They have a house on Fire Island. You think we should try there, Mr. Kohler?
2: We did. Mr. Fairchild drove me out to the landing dock, hired the power launch that took us to Fire Island. Then the short walk across the bone-white sands and a small cottage. The front of it was draped with a yellowed fishing net and life preservers whitewashed for the season. Starfish had been nailed over the door. The top of the door was glass porthole. The door was open. First time this has ever happened. What? Leaving that door open like this. Come on. Where's the phone?
5: In the other room, Mr. Clover.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What? Oh. Dead. Shot through the heart. Poor
5: Alice. She had nothing to do with it. Poor.
2: What about her husband? What? Where is he if he shot himself? Where is he? That's what I said, Mr. Fairchild. Where is he? Wait a minute. Blood here on the floor. See it? Trailing toward the back door. Here. Now the blood stops.
5: There's no Tom.
2: Where is he? You said he committed suicide. I was wrong. He committed murder.
1: You were listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Next week, along about this time, Arthur Godfrey and his talent scouts will be on hand again to delight and entertain you. You'll find that Godfrey's amateur but knowing scouting have dug up some wonderful new discoveries for you, and they'll be here Monday after Monday all season long. By the way, next Monday also marks the return of My Friend Irma, the Lux Radio Theater, and the Bob Hawke Show on most of the same CBS stations. Don't miss next Monday evening with CBS, the network of the stars. (laughs)
2: There's this about Broadway. It wants everything neat and in place. A word misspelled on a spectacular can stop traffic. A girl lamenting a run in her nylons, likewise, and for longer. The scream of the loudspeakers has to be adjusted just so. And the deep, anguished weeping in a darkened doorway, not too much. Even death and violence have to meet Broadway's standards. The death of Alice Corey by a bullet through the heart, that would measure up. This violence committed upon her by her husband, it would measure up too. very poignant, very class A. We've stood in line for worse, huh, kid? A man makes a pact with his wife to commit double suicide, kills his wife, only wounds himself. That's hard to do when you're hungry for dying, and harder still to be wounded and disappear from an island. Uh, if I'd wanted to kill
5: myself, I'd have
2: succeeded. How could Tom only have wounded himself, Mr. Clover? I mean, that's all he intended to do meant to murder, Alice? A policeman has to consider the possibility, Mr. Fetchild. Then how would I ask you before how could he have only wounded himself? He shot Mrs. Corey in the heart. He must have thought that was the best way, in the heart. When he shot himself, he must have flinched a reflex against his own death. He flinched. When he saw he wasn't dead, he liked it that way. It's been that way before. But you said he committed... Murder? That's right. When someone kills someone else like that, we call it murder. Is there anywhere else on the island he might be, Mr. Fairchild? No, we've covered all of it. Places I never knew existed. I don't mind telling you I'm tired, Mr. Corey. And he must have crossed over to the mainland. You know these people at the landing dock, Mr. Fairchild? Most of them. Call out and ask if anyone took Tom Corey across. All right. Did
5: anyone here take Tom Corey across today? Did anyone take... Oh,
6: Graham did, Mr. Fairchild. Where is he? Just the other side of the landing. see his boat...
2: Let's go, Fairchild. You, Joe Graham? Hi there, Mr. Fairchild.
5: Hello, Joe. This is Mr.
2: Clover, Joe. He's a detective. He wants I to I want to know if you took Tom Corey across today.
5: You want to know, too, Mr. Fairchild?
2: We do, Joe.
5: Yeah, I took Tom across. When? You say something, Mr. Fairchild? When did you take him across, Joe?
2: Early today, around noon, Mr. Fairchild. Did he say anything to you? Uh, Tell your
5: friend I'm a very sociable man, Mr. Fairchild. People talk to me. I talk to people. People I care about. Mr. Clover asked that because Tom Corey is a murderer. He killed Mrs. Corey this morning. Guess that's why. Tom wasn't very talkative. Had things on his mind. Just kept biting his lip. Just sat huddled there. Uh, didn't think it proper to ask him why. Glad I didn't.
2: Where'd you take him?
5: We well, I always took him, Mr. Fairchild. Like I've taken you and him and Alice many times. So you could go back to your factory over there. Ask him if he'll take us back. Will you take us back, Joe? You and the detective? Yes. Yeah. It'll cost you more for him. Hop aboard. I'll take you. <laughs>
2: In, Gino. What's on your mind? It came through,
0: Danny. I'm going to miss you.
2: Why are you going to miss me, Gino? What came through?
0: But Captain Julius okayed your vacation request, and so did the inspector, and so did the commissioner. Then back again through the inspector and Captain Julius. So here it is. Where are you going, Danny? I haven't made up my mind. I've been mulling over the travel folders, me and Mrs. Tartaglia, and we feel the place for you is Mexico. Mexico, huh? See, si, in Ensenada, in Mexico. In the Riviera Pacifico. Imagine you with a serapi over your shoulder, ratchas on your feet, and a la cucaracha on your lips.
2: See, si, Mexico. Man amigo. Uh, me amigo. And we are friends, aren't we? Uh, Gino, uh...
0: Lieutenant Clover?
2: Yes. What is it?
0: I'm Dr. Haskell. They told me to come right in.
2: Of course. What is it, doctor?
0: They said you'd want to see me, that you were working on something that might have something to do with what I want to see you about. All right. What is it? About 20 minutes ago, a man forced his way into my office. I say forced himself because he had a gun. What did the man look like? Oh, about 40, strongly built. I wrote it all down here because I knew you'd want to know. Here. I knew you'd ask me.
2: Uh Uh-huh. About 20 minutes ago, he came to see you about a bullet wound, didn't he?
0: Yes. How did you know?
2: We're looking for this man. How badly is he hurt?
0: He'll die. Unless a (laughs) miracle. Then I'm only a doctor. I gave him plasma, extracted the bullet, shot to the heart. He wouldn't let me give him anesthetic. He's hurt. Unless he's found immediately, he'll die. You let him go? I told you, he had a gun.
4: Oh,
2: I see. Where do you live, doctor? Uh, here. Here's my card. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to tell me? No, I believe that's all.
6: It just came in, Danny, over the teletype. What did? Item about a woman you talked to earlier, uh, Zella Stanley. Off the dime, Muggerman. What about her? She was found in her apartment, and shot to death. Pretty expensive dress she's wearing, Danny.
4: Uh-huh.
6: She must have been very pretty once. Zella. New girl in high school, the name of Zella. Well, she's lying. He must have shot her the minute she opened the door, huh?
4: Yeah.
2: Take the other room, and
6: I'll go through this one. Okay, Danny. Danny? Yeah? The radio? Radio phonograph combo. Also very expensive. The bed, also, the furnishings. Wonder how she managed. Maybe she was rich, huh? Maybe. I think I find out how, Danny. How what? How she managed? These men's shirts in the bedroom closet. This robe. Let's see them. Embroidered initials in silk. Wish I could afford things like that. T.C., uh, Tom Corey, Danny?
4: Uh Uh-huh.
2: T.C., Tom Corey. So it began to take shape. Tom Corey had killed his wife, turned the gun on himself, had missed his heart. Then he had decided to rid himself of the source of his trouble, zealous Stanley. Committed grand larceny, committed murder, two murders. Now he was a dying man someplace in the city. Find him. We tried all points, bulletins, newspaper releases, call in the hospitals, then back to headquarters and wait. Then nodded a man who nudged his head through a door and listened to his story. I run the Diamond
6: Hotel on 37th Street. A little while ago, a man came in my place to register.
2: Why do you think that's of interest to me?
6: The man had no bags. I saw that right away when I handed him the pen to write. Then on top of that, he said, You write my name for me. It's Smith. That's what he said. Write John Smith. I said, Why? He said, Because I got my hands in my pockets. That's why. I said, Oh, do you? Come to the point, will you? The point is this. I looked over the desk at these hands in his pockets just to see what went. What went was the side of his coat was blood. Then I got KG. KG? KG. I said, how long you want the room? Months? Day? Week? Then he looked funny and said all he wanted to do was rest a while. I said, uh uh. Because I saw trouble. He left. I came here. I did right, didn't I? Danny Clover
2: speaking.
3: In my house. Who is this? Mrs. Barry. I live on West 57th Street, 1209. I'm frightened. There's a man. What man? He rang my bell and pointed a gun at me and walked into my house. Is he still there? Yes. He looked tired. He sat in the big chair in the parlor. He fell asleep. He's there now, sleeping. I'll
2: be right there.
3: You understand? He's gone. But just ten
2: minutes ago, you called. Ten
3: just... minutes ago, he was sitting in that chair sleeping. He woke up and left. He had a gun. He... All right, all right. All right, he says. He had a gun pointed at my nose. What did you want me to do, hit him over the head with a candlestick?
2: Huh, not me. He left. Look, left blood, too, all over my rug. Back to headquarters again. Then a phone call from a pedestrian who had just seen a man who fitted Tom Corey's description on West 62nd. The man was staggering, Mr. Clover. So Mr. Clover dispatched a squad car to the area. The man was nowhere in sight. Then Mr. Clover sat down and thought about it. Tom Corey left Fire Island by boat, found a doctor on 12th Street in the village, put a thumbtack on the map. Tom Corey has tried to get a room at the Diamond Hotel on West 37th. Thumbtack. Tom Corey had murdered Zella Stanley, West 46th. Thumbtack. Tom Corey had been asleep in a parlor on West 57th. Thumbtack. Then a phone. Man, probably Tom Corey was seen staggering on West 62nd. Thumbtack. Tom Corey was headed uptown. Tom Corey was crazed with pain. Then a recheck of my notebook. Tom Corey had a partner named Henry Fairchild. Henry Fairchild lived uptown. He lived on West 70th. Maybe I could get there before Tom Corey. Who is it? The police. Danny Clover. Come in,
5: quickly. Oh,
2: I'm glad it's you. Are you afraid of something, Mr. Fairchild? Huh? What? The door bolted, locked. What are you afraid of? I read it in the newspapers. Tom. He's still loose. You still haven't answered my question. What are you afraid of? Isn't it obvious? Tom has killed his wife,
5: killed Zeller. Now he's... That's why you're here, Mr. Clover. You know Tom is on his way.
2: Uh-huh. I figure he is. I'm just wondering why you figured it. You
5: just said it's obvious. Tom is out of his mind. He killed Zeller, didn't he? You know
2: why, too, don't you? No. No. Tell me why. You found his shirts there, didn't you? And Zella's. You? How did you know that, Mr. Fairchild? It wasn't in the newspapers. Oh, I know it wasn't. It's simply that Tom told me all about it, about Tom
5: and Zella, how expensive she was. That's why he stole all that money. I see. Uh. Mr. Clover. Put down that gun.
2: But give it's... it to me. It said give it to me. Stand right where you are. I'll take care of it. Come in, Tom.
4: Shoot him! Shoot him! You'll kill me! I'll
2: take that gun, Carrie. Come on, Corey. I'll help you. Sit down over here. There.
5: Don't believe him, Mr. Clover. Don't believe anything Corey says. He's going to tell you I killed his wife, that I shot him, that I stole the money. Ridiculous things, crazy things, because he's crazy now. Tom? Of course, Tom. He's crazy. He's going to say that Zella and I arranged the whole thing to make it look like a suicide pact, that I killed Zella. Tom. Tom.
2: That's right. Tom's dead. He just confessed to a dead man. Broadway stretches out in front of you. ...livid scar slashed into the night. It's a cruel and fantastic carousel. Palace of fun. A hall of mirrors. You pay your way and you take your choice. Me? I get in on a pass. On Broadway. The gaudiest. The most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My Beat
1: Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia. The program was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. Included in tonight's cast were Herb Butterfield, Janet Logan, Ann Stone, Junius Matthews, Byron Kane, and Jack Crucian. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's program concludes the present series of Broadway's My Beat, We thank you for listening and hope to return in the near future when Danny Clover will bring you more adventures along the Great White Way. Meanwhile, listen to Arthur Godfrey, who returns at the same time next Monday with his talent scouts. There's always plenty of fun on hand when you hear Columbia's Monday night program Too Many Cooks, the hilarious misadventures of a father, mother, and ten children. Stay tuned now for Too Many Cooks, which follows immediately over most of these Columbia stations. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, where you live life with Luigi on Tuesday night, the Columbia Broadcasting System.